When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. What is going on, Blake Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Andrews, here with another edition of FN Sports Podcast, where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. And in light of the Eastern Conference Finals and an affinity I'm growing for the Miami Heat, we have a special thesis tonight with some fans of the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler from Belly Up Sports. So without further ado, let's dive on in. All right, so I am joined tonight by... Jim Rogers, Alec Kelly, and Hedro Joseph of Belly Up Sports. Uh, we'll work our way around clockwise here. Alec, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Uh, Alex, an intern with us this summer, I guess. Uh, spring, summer, whatever you want to call the month of May. I think in Texas it feels like summer. Hedro is here with us tonight. Hedro writes for Belly Up Sports to come basketball side. Hedro, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. And then Jim, Jim Rogers, also an intern with us, uh, doing some social media stuff for Bellup Sports these days. Jim, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well. All right, so I've gathered this meeting of the minds tonight to talk about one Jimmy Butler. Now, we're recording on a Wednesday night. Jimmy Butler had a very big Tuesday night. And by the time you're listening to this, he may be having a big Thursday night. Um, but the talk around Jimmy Butler has been unique and different since he got to Miami, right? He kind of got to Miami. People visioned this, like, South Beach lifestyle, you know, party Jimmy with a cigar and on outside with palm trees and very quickly started winning a lot of games right away. Right. And um, I, I think the question surrounding Jimmy Butler is looking at his where does he rank in things? And so tonight's thesis reads Jimmy Butler is an NBA super superstar. Alec, you hear that thesis and what grade do you give it? 
I give it an A. Alex I, firmly on an A. <laughs> uh, Hedro, what what grade do you give the thesis? And I give it a B and an A, but I'll explain. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm anxious to hear that one. Jim, what do you go with? Yeah, so. I overall with that thesis, I'll give it a B plus, but I think his performance on Tuesday was a plus worthy. I'm, I think we're all fairly similar here. I'm yeah. probably on the lower end of a B, but I'm also in the B range. I'm anxious to hear what sure. you guys got. Uh, Cause we have some real Butler fans here. So let's dive right in. All right, Alec, uh, we, we started with you. So we'll start with you this time around. Uh, you were the highest grade. It sounded like you were firmly in the high A range. Um, talk us through why is Jimmy Butler a superstar? So he's even in his time in Chicago and in Minnesota and Philly and here now here in Miami, he's been the second best two-way all-around player outside of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, there's no other player in the NBA that gives you this much energy, this much. I mean, he, he fills up every single category in the stat sheet on a consistent basis. There's not a whole lot of players that do that on both ends of the floor other than Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on some nights. Hedro, you had a couple grades, and so I want to hear what the deal is with the two grades going on. What were you thinking? All right, so you got my boy Jimmy Butler. I love him. He's born in Houston, all that stuff. Uh, Man, low B, regular season. Playoff Jimmy Butler is a superstar in everybody's eye. It's, it's funny how the narrative changes every time he's talked about during the regular season, he's an afterthought. Why? Because he misses a ton of games. He misses 20 to 30 games um, sometimes, especially uh, even this season, whether it be injury or, or anything else. Uh, I mean, he was okay in, in Chicago. He developed in Chicago, uh, but he was mostly a defensive player. Let's, let's be honest. I thought his Minnesota year was brilliant but it was followed by, you know, the back and forth with the coaches and the teammates and being sent, uh, shipped out to Philly where they barely gave him some some run before they shipped him out again to, to Miami. You really don't do that with superstars. You, those superstars you pay and you keep on your, on, your, on your team. Whereas, you know, once the lights shine brightest, especially the last couple of years, Jimmy Butler has just been superb. He went toe-to-toe with LeBron in 2020 in the bubble in Orlando in the finals and he's running it again as a, as a superstar. This is, he has, I think four or five 40 point games in the playoffs. That's more than anybody in Miami heat history, more than LeBron, more than Dwayne Wade, which is a pretty notable history. (laughs) Yeah. And recent history too. Yeah. Yeah. Recent history. So that's why It's kind of in the middle for me. I give him an A every time I see him in the playoffs, though, for sure. A plus superstar. Jim, you were probably, you know, if Alec was high, Hedro has two grades, you were kind of at the other end of the spectrum. So what were you thinking there? Yeah, so I think the overall thesis about him being an all-star, being a superstar, um, to me, I kind of weigh that in a couple of different categories. But I first want to talk about, to my A-plus rating of that performance. So to me, in order for a player to have like an A-plus rating for a game, I want to take into a couple factors. What's their overall stat line? I mean, he filled every significant stat, right? You had points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. He had three, three steals, three blocks, 40 points in the game. So that to me is, okay, you check that box. Did you have a statistically really sound game? 
Did your team win? Check that number two. What was the significance of the game? Well, you're on a playoff push right now. You just came, you just came off, you know, beating one of the, I think one of the absolute contenders in Philadelphia, everybody thought that they were going to shine brighter than they did. You absolutely stomped them. And of course, when you're exiting the arena, what do you say? You traded Toby for me. So to me, like that performance, especially like his Philadelphia performance, and then copy that with game one um, was just great. And you're beating a team that just beat the you, – you stomp on a team that just beat the NBA champions whenever – I thought Giannis was just going to power through power through the Celtics. So, to me, that's an A-plus rating for that game. Now, I give it a B-plus rating for the superstar stat because um, – especially what, um, you know, Idra, what you just said too. Um, does a superstar get moved around a lot in the league? Well, unless you're LeBron picking a new team every six or seven years, that's not typically happening. Or unless you're James Harden who can't find a home or Kyrie Irving, you can't find a home. And now we're kind of questioning what are they're going to be the roles in the future. So Jimmy Butler, um, to me, he's just been a wild card in the league, right? He has this perception of being a hard to work with guy. He cusses out the coaches in Minnesota telling them, you know, beats the starters with uh, the third with the third string team. He goes to Philadelphia, gets replaced by Tobias Harris cusses his way out of the gym to arrives in Miami with a bunch of young guys where he can actually be like a genuine leader and where the organization is now putting their investment and chips into him, and he's now flourishing. But it's only been, what, two or three years that he's been in Miami? So he's had that good success. He had the playoff run in the bubble. People are going to put an asterisk on that. That's fine. But I think he's becoming a superstar player for sure, um, especially like what Alex said too, where he has that ability to be that great two-way player. And, you know, of course, we don't see Kawhi and Paul George playing anymore. They just stay hurt. But we do have this nice – uh, aggressive guy in Miami. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're the, the point you brought up too, Parker, about him getting to Miami. Everybody thinks he's going to be, uh, you know, kind of a party guy. He's not really like that. Uh, he likes playing dominoes. And there's plenty of uh, Hispanic guys that he can play dominoes with down in Miami. So I think that's what's kind of keeping him cool. Well, and he's just a fascinating player to look at the arc for me because, he like, bluntly, if they were to win the finals, he wins finals MVP this year. I joke with my younger brother that that's like, he is the ultimate NBA 2K my player. He shows up. He's an undrafted guy from Marquette. He kind of works his way into being a good player in Chicago, goes to Minnesota, is the best player in Minnesota, works his way to Philadelphia. I wrote a thing the other day talking about how like that Kawhi shot bounces around. And if that Kawhi shot bounces out, they may win a ring in Philadelphia. And they don't. The shot goes in. He works his way to Miami. Uh, you know, didn't like dealing with Ben Simmons. Uh, apparently liked Joel Embiid. We kind of see how that works out a couple years later. And yeah. and now he's in Miami. Wow. And he's, again, had these deep runs. You mentioned the bubble. Um, it, winning winning a, a title this year would be this interesting arc where he is not young by any stretch. He's, uh, he's 32, which for a pro basketball player, I know LeBron and uh, Chris Paul have kind of thrown – the average is off here, but 32 is old for an NBA basketball player, especially one that plays like he plays. Um, it, it, it's just interesting to look at how that arc has, has really worked. I think what's interesting here is I'm also in the B range because I, he doesn't have whatever, like when I think of the best, and maybe this is my own fault, like, like a fault in myself. When I'm thinking of the 10 best players in the NBA, unless he just had a game like last night, he's not often the front of mind. I'm, Giannis, I'm um, Joel, um, I'm usually LeBron, right? Like those kinds yeah. of guys. He's not usually at the front of mine. Alec, you were the highest on this for sure. Um, we did our round robin here. It, is it my fault that he's not at the front of my mind? Or what? what is keeping him from being at the front of people's lists like that? To me, it's the same problem I have with uh, 
players um, griping about the all-star. I think the league is so loaded with just talent at every level, every age, that there's just not enough recognition to go around. It's like, what have you done lately? And like, like you said, Idro, Jimmy Butler shows up in the playoffs mostly because he's hurt a lot of times in the regular season. So I think he's in the back of mind because he's a silent assassin. You know, he comes for you when you're not looking, when you're not expecting it. I mean, in the bubble, and this is my gripe with him, he wasn't a scorer. He was, you know, he'll give you all the rebounds, all the assists, play all the defense, but he's going to get you 20 points, 15 points. He's not going to drop 30 a night. This playoffs and over the season, this past season as well, he's shown that he can score. He can score whenever he damn well pleases. And I, I think now, lately, if he continues with this trend, he will be at the front of everyone's mind. A finals MVP, you mentioned the Kawhi comparison earlier, I think. A finals MVP was cemented at the same way the 19 finals MVP. And to some degree, the 2014 one as well, but did with Kawhi Leonard, right? It was like all of a sudden, he was the hot ticket. Um, the scoring thing's interesting. He's a 17 at, on his career, 17 and a half points per game guy. That's very, you know, for a long-term starter in and out of the All-Star game, that's that's kind of average. Uh, for like an average NBA player, it's better than average. But for like a guy like we're talking about, that it might be kind of low. Hedro, why is there this big discrepancy? Obviously, everyone rants up their game for the playoffs, but why is it Jimmy time when traditionally April, May, June come around? I guess that one year it was November, but when April, May, June come around, why is it no, why is it Jimmy time? He got he got a heavy load on his shoulder. He calls it a chip. He keeps that chip heavy on his shoulder, and you know, being the last pick of the first round when he was drafted. Um, a lot of people don't believe in him, but he raises his game like when the light shines brightest. And a lot of people like the flash. They like the Steph Curry, the three-point shot. They like the huge dunks and stuff like that. Jimmy Butler, he's electric in his own in his own special way. The way he feels the ball, the way he defends his man. Um, I think one of the most interesting things about him is you know, the NBA changed their rules this year. They said that uh, it make it harder to get fouls, go to the free throw line. And uh, Jimmy Butler, I remember reading an article in the beginning of the season where he was like, hey, I'm not even worried about any of that, where superstars like James Harden and stuff had trouble getting to the free throw line with the same effectiveness that they used to. Jimmy Butler's averaging like over it eight free throws a game and he gets to the line with regularity, um, especially last night where he got to the line for, I don't know, more than 15 of his points, I think. So I think uh, him being able to adjust to um, every rule change, every game, and just kind of raise his level as the season wears on, it's almost like he gears up for uh, this time of the season. And that's the, that's the kind of player you want on your team. That's the kind of superstar you want on your team when the lights shine brightest. So, Jim, does he have to win the title to cement himself in this conversation, or or do we just need to like talk about the conversation differently? So, you know, kind of speaking to what Alex said too, and you know what Idro just said now too. Also, it's when you're showing up, right? So he's showing up in the playoffs. He's making his appearance now. To me, a superstar has to be somebody who's going to be putting in. And I know with load management, it's a little bit different and it's probably going to get addressed this offseason. Um, but it's a guy who's going to have to show up probably anywhere from 55 to 68 of the 82 games a year where you're putting up a stat line of, in my opinion, 
at least, you know, 25, seven and seven. LeBron put up this year, 27, seven and 27, seven, seven. So if you're putting up a stat line like that, I think you have that. But to me, um, he's, he's showing up at the right time, of course, an NBA championship is definitely going to help. And I think he's going to suffer or suffer. He's going to have the same spotlight that Kawhi Leonard did when he won. Um, but to me, uh, you know, it's just we're seeing the player that he can be when when he's put in that leadership role, right? When he's not competing with Cat, when he's not competing with Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid to be that leader, this is what he can really do for you. And, you know, speaking to what Hedro said, too, um, he's very adaptable, as we've seen. And that, to me, that's superstar quality, right? That's superstar talent, Um the whole foul, the whole fouls this year where you saw guys like, you know, my home, my, my Hawks, Trey Young's not going to get to the line. He's not going to, you know, be able to jump in anybody. James Harden's not going to be able to kick his feet out. Jimmy Butler is earning his points in a grimy way. He's driving to the paint. He's going to body you up. And then he's going to draw a foul if you jump on his mid on his fade back on his mid range. So um, he has all the qualities to become a superstar. But to me, he's not been consistent enough scoring. Um, really scoring it to me is the only aspect of the game that he's lacking in. I think de- defense is being underappreciated now. It's all about, you know, who can put up the craziest stat line when it comes to scoring numbers. But I do want to see him score more. I do want to see him play more. And um, I think it, if he does win a ring, he'll be a superstar. If they get booted from the playoffs, either in this series or in the NBA championship, he'll be peaking in again like he is now. And then if he shows us next season that he can bump up his scoring numbers and he can lead Miami again, then I think he becomes a superstar. So what's interesting, and this I'm going to open the floor to everyone's jump in. Mm-hmm. I've got his basketball reference page pulled up, right? Um, he, he, frankly, his free throw numbers is one of the things I looked at just now because he dropped up a great point. They frankly have been fairly level. It's always been between seven and nine. Last two seasons, it's been exactly eight, right? Like, <laughs> like it, it that's, that's means that the rules didn't change at all for him because right. of the way he gets points. Um, when I look at the games played, uh, obviously the 2019-20 uh, COVID season got shortened, but he, and he played less than 60 games that season because the regular season was all of like 66 games plus the eight that they played in the bubble before the playoffs started or whatever. But he's only broken since his uh, second year in Chicago. So he was 23 years old, 2013. He's only broken 70 games once um, in the regular season. And – I wonder how much of that's on purpose, how much of that is his body wearing down because that's how he plays. I would imagine as you get older, some of that might be on purpose. Why play the back-to-back when you're playing Charlotte and Atlanta, right? Like, why do that? Um, my question to y'all is, and this may be a broader NBA question, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, Anthony Davis, I'll put in it. Can you be an NBA superstar if you're playing about three-fourths of the games? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at Anthony Davis. It's starting to rear its head in the back now with all the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Chicago right now. The, a lot of the trade talks are Zach Levine for Anthony Davis. I do not want that. I don't want someone that's going to play 13 games a season, you know. The, the hometown he, kid, Alec. <laughs> you know, he's viewed as a superstar. I mean, if he's healthy during the All-Star game, he's in the All-Star game. That's, I mean, point made. He's one of the best power forward centers, whoever you want to put him as in the league when he's healthy that's the thing he's never healthy yeah and, and anthony davis specifically it's he he wants to play and can't jimmy i can't tell sometimes um do y'all think he has to be able to play to be a superstar can you play 60 games to be a superstar 
I think so, especially when you see the long – because to me, LeBron James is the standard, right, of the player you want to see. And LeBron James, he doesn't have, you know, the last dance Michael Jordan mentality where, you know, these people paid crazy amount of money to see me play. I'm going to play no matter what. But to me, you have to be – you have to be playing, to me, at least, you know, 65 of the 82 games. And I know load management has become a thing. Um, but the other concern I think I have for Jimmy Butler, too, is is he going to become a player – where we just know him for his ultra for his alter ego, right? Is it playoff Jimmy versus regular season Jimmy? Um, you know who's who's the greatest alter ego in the NBA history? My opinion, it's Hoodie Mello. Hoodie Mello <laughs> or Olympic Mello is the greatest player to ever touch the court. Um, I'll, I'll fight anybody on that. But um, for him to be a superstar, to me, like like we've been saying, um, I want to see more scoring numbers, and I want to see at least you know one more season, of, you know two or three more seasons of at least seventy games, but. He is getting older, and like you said, it's all about the playoff push now. So keeping him healthy is uh, is is what Miami's done, and they've they've done a relatively good job of that. Hedro, you gave a big discrepancy on the regular season playoffs. Do you think that not playing sixty games matters? Uh, let me just say I'm a big fan of Hoodie Mello myself. Yes. He's <laughs> so, uh, anyways. Uh, you have to play. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of watch the salaries as they go up and down and how people get a whole bunch of money or how people not getting paid enough type thing. So I kind of Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. <laughs> I kind of judge your value based on your, Based on how much you make, basically. So just like he, just like uh, Jim just said, uh, Duncan Robinson, for instance, I loved him last year. Love a lot of people loved him, but guess what? At that price, of course you're gonna love him. Now, <laughs> when he's got a ninety million dollar contract, you're looking at him like, hey, I need a lot more from you than just hey, let me shoot a couple of threes and stuff like that. I need for somebody who's getting the max deal like a Jimmy Butler and he resigned for even more money. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before. And the expectation is that you show up for games, that you're able to lead the team even through the doldrums of November and December, because they're just as important as, uh, as May and June. So personally, I'm not sure how, Miami was able to, so they must have other stuff going on in Miami because, you know, he only played so many games this year and they still got the number one seed, but that's the whole point. So you can have a number one seed and kind of have home court advantage throughout the playoffs. You want your superstar to be able to carry you through those October, November, December games. And Jimmy Butler is not present for a good portion of the season. The, the doldrum day is for sure. I will point out that um, Miami is paying him, as far as the value goes, a lot of money in the next few years. He's an extension in August. Numbers in the extension are uh, this season he made 36. Next year he makes 37. When the extension kicks in, in 2023-24, he'll be making 45. 24-25, he'll be making 48. 25-26, 52. Now, that's assuming, I guess, that if he's currently 32, that – Four years from now, he's still playing for the Miami Heat at, uh, what is it, 36, 36, which is roughly what LeBron and Chris Paul are right now. I also think it's worth pointing out that, like, whenever I look at contracts in Miami, I, like, the Riley factor is big here because in, like, 2018, they looked cooked when it comes to books, and then they turned around and got the, play, the finals by 2020. So, like, he figures yeah. things out in a way with the books and dumps players, signs players, whatever, 
in a way that I, I always am in amazement by. I mean, this is the third notable core with Bam and Jimmy of the last 16 years. And um, it's very different. And they're still making deep runs. Um, he drafts really well, too. You got yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Just Bam. In precious. They should him off to Toronto for assets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Parker, I, and I think the question, sorry, I, I have for you too, is do you think that a super team and a championship team can exist when you have multiple guys making super, super contract money, you know, max deal contract money? Because it didn't work and didn't work in LA when you had LeBron, AD, and Westbrook all making around, you know, 40 million a year. You had, you know, Kyrie Irving, uh, KD having to trade away all their assets, all their young talent, Dinwiddie, um, you know, Jarrett um guys like that to get James Harden like do you think that a super team and a championship team caliber caliber team can exist when everybody's making max money like that you know when I go back to like think about what the Heatles did in Miami the second iteration of the finals they were close um I I I will say that in looking at extensions knowing the projections are I wonder if the 52 million in 25, 26 will be the same percentage of the cap. When you look at it big picture um, without, without working near Riley magic, like, will that be roughly like just the way that the inflation of the salary cap as a whole goes up? Um, I, I, you know, on a, as a blunt capitalist would be like, I would just get rid of the whole salary cap. Like if you pay players, dumb things, you're paying players, some things, but I, I will say that it's hard to think of a team that has three guys like that. When you look at like the Miami heat, they, I think their maxes were all in the 28, 29 range. They all took like 26, 27, right? Like not a big cut, but like a little, right? Um, and so do you think about like spreading that out? That means you get to sign Udonis Haslam. That means you get to sign Mario Chong. Like you get, you get to keep guys for like one or two more um, than the minimum would have been that fit into your rotation. If you're looking at like what that would be for these guys later, I don't necessarily know what that will be for um, – for the year 25, 26, but I imagine that if you're paying Jimmy and bam, you know, if those are the two sticking around for 24, 25, 26, I don't know what the ancillary pieces are, but I don't imagine you get a third. Um, speaking of roster construction and thirds, I wonder, do, do y'all think, and this is again, open air question in Chicago, they thought they had something with he and Wade and those guys for a second. It didn't really work out. Um, he got to Minnesota and they thought they had something with he and Towns and even, uh, you know, I forget who was the Wiggins, right? And didn't really work out. Gets to Philadelphia and they've got something that I really maintain that team was very close to winning an NBA championship, but it didn't work out. And frankly, the personalities were kind of the part of the clash again. Um, it's working in Miami. I don't mean to say it's not working, but do you think that it not working out holds something against him constantly playing with other great. I mean, obviously he has played with great players, win games, but like he does have very talented rosters. Typically. Do you think any of that gets worked against him in these superstar conversations or is it something else? Is it just, again, that he's a grimy player and not a flashy player? That's how I feel. I feel like he's more gritty grimy. He's not going to join a super team. You know, he's going to get it done his way. And if he has, issues with the coach he's not going to be one to shy down and be like okay this is your way I will confide and mold my way my play style to the way you play like no Jimmy you know what you're getting with him you know how he's going to play you know what he's going to get you and if you don't like that well he'll tell you to your face that's just not placeful and you might not like the way he says it but I mean but the thing with with Minnesota 
where he beat all he he basically told Wiggins and Cat that they just didn't work hard enough. They had all the talent, they just were not hard workers. And he took the third string and just destroyed them in practice. I want so bad a video of that. But like that's the mentality you're getting with Jimmy Butler. If you put him on a team with role players, maybe one extra, like maybe one star, like we got right now with Bam, he is a premier player and he I think he's a superstar. It'll be interesting to see how their roles shift as they get older. Bam's getting into his late 20s, Jimmy getting into his late 30s, how that yin and yang works there. Hedro, is it about the stars? Is it about the grime? Why don't we why don't we think of Jimmy Butler in the same way? I think people would have thought of Jimmy Butler as this superstar way back in Minnesota. And I'll tell you why. I specifically remember the Minnesota Timberwolves being, I think, maybe the second or third seed in a very tough Western Conference um, during his first year there. And that was Jimmy Butler the whole way. He missed the All-Star game. He skipped it. I think it was because uh, he was tired, fatigued. Just he was working. I feel like he was working for Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns to the extent that he was trying to provide some sort of an example for what a superstar looks like and how to how to grind every day, the Tom Thibodeau mess, uh, method, if you will. And literally the very next game, I believe, he get he got hurt or he ended up missing the rest of the season. He didn't come until I think the last game uh before the, to make the playoffs. They had to win the last game to make the playoffs. So Minnesota won that game probably in overtime and that was their first time in the playoffs since I think probably Kevin Garnett in Minnesota. So if he was to stay healthy that whole season, everybody would have started looking for him as a superstar right then and there. Cause I believe that he would have set this game up another level and everybody would have seen uh, the type of player he is. However, that didn't happen. As, as you know, he got traded, uh, I think the Philadelphia, just like you said, Parker, I think the Philadelphia team would have worked if uh, Jimmy had the ball and Ben was able to play more off the ball. But uh, they pulled the trigger. <laughs> they pulled off of that way too early and traded him to Miami. And this is him playing like he's always played. Limited limited games, not 80, 82 games. But he's very effective when he does play. So I think uh, he'd be a superstar in my book, uh, even sooner than before Miami. Jim, last word. Is yeah. it the grit, the grime? Is it that he's got these stars around him and so it just kind of blends together? What's going on? Yeah, you know, I think using adjectives like grit and grime is more for a white receiver in the NFL. Um, but I think, um, he, to me, like, like I've said, you know, he has the capability to become a superstar. I think his reputation, especially being in Minnesota, and, you know, his exits in Minnesota and Philadelphia are well-documented as being disruptive. Um, is it a superstar quality? It depends. Uh, I think an A-hole can win kind of anywhere they want to win. Michael Jordan won in Chicago. Kobe won in L.A. Uh, LeBron's been more passive, and he hasn't had the final success and playoff success that we expect him to have every year um, because of that. But I think – the other thing, too, is that besides Bam Adebayo, who is really a star in Miami, Kyle Lowry's hurt. Strews right now is having a playoff. Strews. You know, yeah, Strews is just having this, uh, you know, everybody's discovering Strews now. I mean, he cooked the Hawks in game five. 
So that's how I first like heard about him, found out about him. Um, and I think too, you know, a, a sleeper pick or a sleeper, you know, somebody who hasn't been talked about as much as Victor Oladipo. You know, he's been used a lot in trade bargains and stuff over the past couple of years, whether or not he can be healthy for you. He's a good, you know, 18 points a night if you can get him out on the court. But I think to me, Jimmy Butler, like a lot, you know, just kind of players, he hasn't lucked into that spot. I think that Miami got him for a reason. Um, and I think um, it, it might be more of a blend, but I think he is for sure the outlier in that group. He's the one who has the most star qualities, the best play- he's easily the best player on the, on the court. Um, so to me, it is kind of, maybe he is kind of blending in with the, the talent that he's got there, but he's an outlier there and he's making everybody better, which is a superstar quality. Alec, where can people find you on Twitter, social media, wherever to talk to you about Jimmy Butler? Uh, at Alec 23 Kelly on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Hedro, where can people find you at buddy? Uh, get at me. The hero Joe at the hero Joe, T H A H E R O J O E. And uh, Jim, where can we find you at, man? Yeah, pretty basic. Uh, follow me on Twitter at James underscore Rogers. And also make sure that you guys are tuning into all the belly up media you can. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Thank you all for coming on tonight. It's fun to talk to me, Butler, um, especially after the big Tatum block and the 40 points and all the fun. I hope we have a lot more of that in the next couple of days. Thank you all for coming on tonight. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, do you feel like you learned a little bit something about Jimmy Butler and do you feel like he's a superstar now? Feel free to reach out to me and tell me what you think at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram. The show, also at Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2, F-I-N-S-B-R-T-S number 2, all one word. At both of those social media handles, you'll go to the link tree in the bio. From there, you get to all of our sponsors. That's my bookie. That's the Bear Struggle. That's in the clutch.com. Wherever you want to help out support the show, you can also get to our merch store, which is a different charitable hoodie or t-shirt or mug each month. This month, in honor of ALS Awareness Month. We're going to have a special themed Lou Gehrig campaign with all the t-shirts that have navy and white pinstripes or navy and gray pinstripes. You'll be able to check those out on our merch store through the link tree and our social media handles. Make sure you grab one of those. Support a great cause. All proceeds go to ALS Association. So make sure you go grab a great shirt, support the cause, support the show. If you want to support the show for free, make sure you download, rate, subscribe, review, do all the wonderful things that help with the podcast. Do it on a couple of different outlets. And whatever you do when it comes to sports, 
Don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.